Jonah chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for the evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us, on whose account this evil has come upon us? What is your occupation and where do you come from? What is your country and of what people are you? He said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you, that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> Once again, I'm Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church. And y'all can laugh about my orange jacket as much as you want and joke about it, Dave. But I closed my eyes and I said a prayer this morning. Tell me what to wear. And I walked. No, I didn't. That'd be a lie. In my hand, the jacket fell off the hanger on the ground. I knew it was the Lord. So that's why I wore it today, out of obedience. No, I didn't. I picked this one. Okay, so that's enough of that. Let's, let's, leave, let's leave that behind. Um, we begin today a new, what I would describe as many, four-week sermon series through the book of Jonah, which means we're going to take a chapter per week. Jonah, we can break up a lot smaller but I want to get through this, and then we're going to do Daniel. And the two books go together. One thing that is central to our vision, our mission statement at Christ Central, is that we would engage our world, that we would engage our world with the renewed dignity that comes 
from Christ. And this book, famous for, of course, its story of Jonah in the belly of a big fish, is so much more fantastic, so much more rather than a fantastic kid's Bible story. This book is about navigating a difficult and complicated world. This book is about feeling too broken and internally conflicted to do all of what God may be asking of you. This book is about the struggle to just live out, to just grow in and share your beliefs in unkind and difficult situations. This book is about the power of God's grace when we fail to do what is good and fall down doing what is right. This book is about a wayward, bothered prophet, Jonah, who, like many of us, struggles to do and be at peace with what God requires of him. With that in mind, there are three things from Jonah's struggle with carrying out God's will I want us to see today from this first chapter. First, that God has given the world a precious gift of grace. God has given the world a precious gift of grace. Secondly, God has sent this gift to a broken world. And finally, the Lord will not lose his precious gift. Look at the way this chapter and book starts out. Look at verse 1 and 2 again with me. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, um, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. It is clear that God has something he wants to give. He has something he wants to get to the city of Nineveh, to the leadership of the country. And that gift, the Bible tells us here, is his word. And in this particular case, a word of warning, of confrontation that God sees them and they are, not, and they are living foul and he smells it and it's not pleasing to him. What a gift, right? Telling someone you stink, Right? You ain't right. Things ain't good. You suck. Sign God who can take you out, right? But this is a gift of God's grace. And Jonah, as we'll see in a future chapter of this book, knows it is a gift. Jonah knows and has experienced that when God's word comes, when God notices enough and cares enough to say something about how he is bothered by the way people are being treated. I mean, these Assyrians were very cruel and unjust, uh, cruel and unjust people in, in society with no moral bearings. But when God notices that stuff and is willing to speak to it, it means God cares about you and God cares about the people around you affected by messed up behavior. He wants to stop your disgrace with the correction and truth of his words of grace. 
For Jonah to be sent by God uh, to preach to Nineveh, a God-forgotten people, God is sending and giving the precious gift, a gift of grace that says, I see you, I am offended by it, but at the same time, I am not just hurt as a holy God by what you are doing, but I am hurting for those who are suffering in that place and in your communities from poor leadership and the way neighbors are mistreating each other. So hear this, know my better and best for you that you may have not known before. When God knows notices and speaks, it is a gift of his grace for us in our world. But this gift is not only to and for us. This passage teaches that he sends that gift in us and through us. Look at how God is going to give his gift of grace to Nineveh. It says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. You see that? God couriers, right? He, he, he sends, he delivers, he packages, he conveys, he communicates his precious, pre, his precious, on, uh, precious, precious as in a delivery from heaven level, prime level gift of grace for the world, through a person, a human being, human beings, just like Jonah, just like you, just like me. The Bible says that Jonah is a prophet, a preacher, a communicator of God's truth, God's word, God's grace, one who is the voice and delivery man of God's grace and truth for the world, and now to Nineveh. He is logistically placed and sent by God to deliver the word. But this kind of delivery method is not ordinary, is it? Because the gift of God for the world is in Jonah's mouth. It's in his words. It's in his manner of living. It's in his life. God puts his gift of grace for delivery to the world in people. The gift God gives is embedded, not in styrofoam peanuts or, or packaging bubbles or in a box with an arrow on the side. No, it's more intense than that. He puts the gift to be given to us and others in our world within the very fabric of our lives of, of who and how and, and where we are. It is mixed into our stories and our histories and, and in our material lives and bodies and how God has worked in our lives, where we have come from and, and, and where we work and where we live. And, and we see that not only the fact that God calls out Jonah by name, by who he is, in verse 1, it isn't just a prophet was sent with some kind of recording as if the prophet send it, sending it wasn't important to the message. No, Jonah is called by name from a certain place, a certain son of somebody in history to cry out. And he has to use his passion and his voice in his body, and has to actually walk in there, in person, with all that is involved with his personality and story and be the gift in delivering the gift that God placed and knitted and, I'm going to use the term, painted and tattooed, if you will, on and into his very person. When the captain realizes something isn't right on the ship, Someone responsible for what appears to be a supernatural storm. Look at his question in verse 8 for Jonah. When they find out he's the one, 
Then they, the mariners, right, the sailors said to him, tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. And listen to these questions, right? It goes to calling, right? What is your occupation? (laughs) And where did you come from? What is your country? And what people are you? And Jonah answers, right? I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And then they're afraid because they knew he was running from God. And then at the end of that, that verse 10, it says that they knew he was running from the presence of the Lord because he told them. And they had to throw Jonah in the sea to stop the storm. In fact, the Bible tells us before they confront him that they had thrown other cargo out to lighten the ship to maneuver it better. But it was Jonah, not just the package he was carrying. Jonah himself was the cargo that was contraband on the ship. God's gift of grace to the world was wrapped all around and inseparable from his relationship and testimony and personhood before God. What am I saying in part? If you have heard and received the gift of God's grace, calling you his by name, especially if you are a believer today, you are automatically the carrier of a gift of that gift because God's grace for the world lives where? Not just in the pages of this Bible, but in the continuing story and drama of you being God's child. Of having God's name in Christ stamped on you and having your name stamped on him as your savior. So just like the captain asked, Jonah, your life, your job, where you live and where and why you're going, where you are is tied up, y'all. It's holding, it's, it's packaging for the gift. You are the packaging. All you do and all you are is part of securing, hear me now, securing and describing and sharing the precious gift of God's presence and grace and truth for a world that he has called you to face, to live in, to go to, to open up to, to cry out in for. You and me have and have part of God's precious gift of grace in all we have been and all we are going through. Sometimes I think about our lives. Why am I going through this? We heard the testimony today. Why have I gone through this? Why has this happened in my life? Why is this my history? Why did I endure this? Why did I go through this? Have you ever imagined that God is rapping? What you have gone through is the wrapping. It's, it's the packaging. It's the presentation of that glorious gift that he wants to give. It was not for naught, if you will, that you went through and are going through what you're going through because the Lord is wrapping a gift of his precious grace for the world in the, the stories and struggles and all the little pieces that you thought were, shouldn't have happened in those he is wrapping the gift of grace for the world. But God should know better. <laughs> I've read somewhere in the Bible that he's the, only, the all wise, only wise God, right? If you want something delivered, you wouldn't go to, to the shady delivery man, right? Right? Who you work for? Well, we, we just, P.S., postal service, we don't have the you and ours. 
Would you go with that? Like, like McDowell's. Okay, but I get into that. <laughs> we, got, we don't have sesame seed buns. Our buns don't have no sesame seeds, right? Would you go to that one? Would, 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 would you, why would you go to the non you know, official delivery service, the folk who are going to lose your stuff. Well, you know, you ever see what commercial is that where it says um, something like um, almost good ain't good enough? Y'all ever seen that commercial? The AT&T commercial or something? I love that commercial, right? Because the doctor comes in to the operation room and is like, yeah, whoo, sure, I'm glad to be reinstated, Right? <laughs> I hope I do okay. This should work. You know, kind of like those statements. God should know better. He's got this gift of grace that he wants to give to the world. And he puts it in us. Maybe me and God should have a conversation. There's got to be a better way. The one who knows that, that he that should know better in the second point of this lesson, that his precious gift of grace is being sent into a fallen world, first of all, into a broken place. Get this, through broken people. When God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh, God had to know that he would send a Jonah into a broken situation with all kind of messed up and complicated circumstances. You see, it's the 8th century B.C. Long time ago, y'all, if you didn't know. And Israel, the Jewish nation, is divided now into two. They're in civil war right now, like our country was 150 years ago, to north and south. Jonah lived in a northern kingdom. And one thing northern kingdom people were most concerned about from a national security standpoint was their northern Assyri neighbors of Syria, which is modern-day Iraq. And you think our border issues are bad, bad enough to cause government shutdown. Israel was in danger of having their nation shut down and taken over for real. Assyria had spread into Turkey and had begun to lean into the borders. The borders started getting soft on the northern kingdom side. And Jonah would have been aware of the Assyrian war machine and power that threatened to take over his people as part of their aggressive plan to rule the Middle East. Jonah was very familiar uh, if we look back in Kings, he was one of the prophets talking, to, talking about the situation. He would have been very familiar with the Assyrian-Israeli border conflicts and would have been for keeping and building the wall. <laughs> A good, godly Israelite like Jonah would want nothing to do with and sought to stay as far away from those crazy, bloodthirsty, morally corrupt, godless folk in Assyria. And God says, go to Nineveh. The capital city. What? Go to the heart of the evil. Look, I'm not going to believe it, belabor the point here, but apparently and obviously God takes this precious gift of grace, of hope, of help, of correction, of dignity, of redemption, and he puts it in people like us. And then, like he did Jonah, calls and sends us into some of the most messed up situations in our world just our world, period. I don't even have to say the most. Just the world. You know, when we lived down here in 28205, our street, Allen Street, Yos Two Hills, Harold Street, we were right on the boundary of the okay neighborhood and the fragile neighborhood. We were in the fragile part because of three or four blocks, right? We, we in the fragile part. Y'all remember when you would order a pizza to be delivered just 
Some five miles out, the pizza pit place would deliver five miles on one side, but wouldn't even deliver one mile on the other side. Right? And so you would cry because they explained us they're afraid because there was a history of drugs and theft and crime and, and so many poor black people. What they got money for to order pizza? Black people don't eat pizza. Poor black people, they just come in to rob us, right? They want to carjack us. So they stayed away. We had to go get our pizza, right? We had, hey, can y'all deliver? I can see y'all's building cross the street. Will you deliver? No, we're not crossing that street. Uh-uh. And come on, if you're a business owner, let's be fair, right? It's hard when you're the people who don't get the pizza, but at the same time, you'd be like, I understand, right? The history ain't good. The last person got jacked who went over there. Nah, come get the pizza, right? Or on the other side, right? Like Ludacris said in the movie Crash. Why are you mad? Because I still like Ludacris. Sorry, I like the movie Crash. In the movie Crash, when they, in Lorenz Tate was the other guy acting in the movie, and two African-American young men find themselves on the white hipster side of Los Angeles. Says this, look around. You couldn't find a whiter, safer, and better lit part of this city. But this white woman sees two black guys who look like UCLA students strolling down the sidewalk, and her reaction is blind fear. I mean, look at us. Are we dressed like gangbangers? Huh? No. Do we look threatening? No. Fact. If anybody should be scared around here, it's us. We're the only two black faces surrounded by a sea of over-caffeinated white people patrolled by the trigger-happy LAPD. So tell me, why aren't we scared, right? My point here is not to make this a racial thing. Look how tight y'all got. <laughs> He's just being hard on white people. No, I'm not. It was just low-hanging fruit <laughs> to prove a point. We live in a world of boundaries and barriers. It could be a gender thing, or this could be a man's world thing, or a hard relationship, marriage, and parenting thing. It could be a generation gap or a greedy world thing or a violence thing or a corporate culture thing or political conflict thing or religious conflict or domestic or sexual abuse thing or sexuality thing or justice and rights and poverty thing. Wherever we are and bring and bear God's precious gift, let me let you know before you even get out of here today, it's going to have some mess with it. Some conflict with it, some broken distance in it, some kind of fear factor or disgrace or making you look like a sellout potential in it, something you don't feel comfortable or safe or good in yourself about it. Why? Not because of you only, because this is a fallen world. There isn't any place or community or country or neighborhood or gated community or people group or any situation or institution or, or, or tax bracket or even the church included that isn't broken organizationally or morally or ethically or socially. And yet God sends his precious gift of grace into any broken and difficult and incredibly complicated situation and world. And this is not even to mention the us part of it. Because not only is the world broken, but the people he uses to send it are broken. 
me tell you something about Jonah. He's prejudiced. He's mad. He's scarred and scarred. He's angry. Nationalistic. He a flag-carrying Israeli. He don't like them Palestinians. Right? Self-righteous. Liar. And in this case, a thief. A thief of God's gift, y'all. Because of his issues. Of God's gift that was given him and to him for someone else. Besides him, and he despises it and is at odds with himself and God all at once. And we will get into that deeper in a later sermon. But, but bottom line, not only is the world broken, this dude, this so-called man of God, this prophet carrying a precious gift is broken too. And so are you and me. God has chosen to send you in a world and situations and neighborhoods and places that are difficult. Get this, with your own boatload of problems. What's God thinking? I wouldn't have chosen you. I wouldn't have chosen me. Look, y'all. Okay, so we already had a testimony. I'll do one. I'm, 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 I'm professionally preaching, as y'all know. And pastor of this church, as I sometimes counsel some of you, Pastor Brown, I need to talk. Can we meet? You know, and stuff come out my mouth. Sometimes Kelly's like, I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe what you say. Sometimes as she sit down and we talk to me, I'm like, that's my wife? What's, what's going on? Like, she got great advice for married people. And I do too. Right? So I counsel with some of you. But I myself go to a therapist weekly. Not because I want to be a little better. Because I got issues. Y'all hear that? I got issues that are so deep and besetting, even to being the pastor that God has called me to be, to, to that, so much so that they are, they are moving at a snail's pace in getting better. And that is one of a million things. <laughs> this packaging God is using as a carrier of his precious and I have to live knowing that this package, my story, just like yours, is embedded and wrapped with his gift, with God's gift for others, but is entangled with all kind of barriers and thorns and locks and combinations to getting and giving all God has in me for the world and you. Just think about your brokenness. Think about your histories. Think about your stories, your fears, your damage, your sin. God has sent and set precious gifts of grace in you, in the batting, if you will, of that stuff. And it can be so conflicting. So the Bible says with this inner conflict and calling, he does what comes naturally and easiest. And instinctually, as a broken person in a broken world, sent by God with this great gift to do something he don't want to do, he runs. <laughs> he breaks away. Look at verse 3 through 5 with me. So God gives him this message. Oh, it's such a good thing. Go. You know, as evangelicals later, you know, we, we kind of have taken on this persona, right? It, these Bible-believing Christians, especially in an over-church place like Charlotte, like, right, we got this thing. 
And so it's sort of like, I want to go to the world and share the good news, right? And so Jonah actually has the commission. God has come to him. You know, you, you think, man, if I could only hear God's voice, like for real, then I'll do it. No, you wouldn't. God says, Jonah, go to Nineveh. And Jonah's like, not me. Right? I mean, I mean look, so look what happens. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Sound kind of crazy. I'm going to run from you, God. Okay. But he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. He, so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Jonah breaks away from God. When the Bible says he wanted to get away from the presence of God, it meant Jonah tried to break away from his calling and thus steal away the gift of God from Nineveh and the gift of who God had made him. He was a fugitive, and I like to use this term, and pirate of God's grace. Unlike the words of our song we sang today, it was really sweet. I like looking around at y'all singing those songs. For your glory, I'll do everything. I think that's a good song, right? It's good to say what you supposed to do. (laughs) Jonah's version, I don't want to be where you are. (laughs) For your glory, I'll do everything except that. Right? He added some words to his. Listen, where where Jonah lived was only 500 miles away from Nineveh. The Bible says he went away from God. That's far from the delivery places he could go. He tried to completely reroute the package and get it lost in transit, right? So he goes to Joppa, the seaport, and puts God's precious cargo as the one carrying God's cargo on a boat going the opposite direction to Tarshish in southern Spain somewhere, which is 2,500 miles away from Nineveh and 2,000 miles from where he believed God lived in Israel. No chance any woman recognized him or asked what he was doing there. Jonah walking around in Spain on the French Riviera. What a fight. Is the French Riviera in France or Spain? <laughs> anyway, they kind of close. The last time we were there on the yacht, it was just kidding. So it's, it's an international travel thing. That's what happened. And so the Bible says he went to a place where no one would know him. And then he tried to disguise and hide who he was. Look at verse 3 through 5 again. But Jonah rose and went to Tarshish. Now th- look at this. So he paid the fare and went down into the ship. Jonah was trying to be unreachable, even on the journey, y'all. And we, the Bible says he went to sleep. So that he couldn't hear from God. You ever just say, I'm going to sleep. I don't, I don't feel like anymore. I can't take it. You go to sleep. Hopefully it's a good dream, right? Jonah tried to sleep his way through. And, and, and he, he's not a prophet, the one who hears a speech from God. He was, as the captain called him, now a sleeper. Get this, a sleeper in the middle of a storm. You know something wrong. In the middle of this madness... Everybody is woke except Jonah. Y'all hear that? A sign of our being broken pirates of God's grace 
as that in the middle of the obvious madness in the world, we are asleep and not woke, just broke, right? Moping, disappointed in God or ourselves, we failed somewhere, or we feel God is asking too much, or we too busy, or we're too laden with issues, or God and all that Bible stuff won't let me live my life the way I want. I want to be on a love boat. I want to go to Fantasy Island. But God is asking too much, right? So I'm running. Or that church with its racial and political and diversity stuff, I'm tired of talking about that. Right? I, I don't want to hear no more. Just give me the gospel. Right? God, I just want the gospel. I don't want to get a Nineveh where there's a racial issue. Right? But where there's historic issues between two people groups. I don't like that. I'd rather just be a preacher somewhere in Israel. Give me a good church down, you know, somewhere near Jerusalem. Right? I don't want to go with them people. You know what happens. It's racial, man. Everything got to go back to race. No. Well, the Bible just makes me feel condemned, or I don't want people to know who I am, or too much conflict and hardship living faithfully. And like a believer, I'm afraid and embarrassed. I, I'm not a superstar Christian. I just don't like church people or those people. That's not comfortable. I might suffer running if I go this way or that direction, like God has asked me. Regardless of the excuse you and I given, and let me tell you, there's some good excuses because I use them all the time. I wake up a lot thinking, I'm kind of tired of this. Y'all you, 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 don't? Well, you're like, I'm tired of this. Tired of the thing. Pastor Brown, you, you know, you came up with the vision, you and Pastor Giorgio, of diverse community. I'm tired of diverse community. I'm irritated. I'm tired of looking at Facebook. Well, so-and-so said this about Trump, and this one mad, and this one don't understand, and blah, blah, blah. I'm tired. I just want to go to a black place. Some of y'all have the fear of a black planet. I want one. I want to go to Wakanda. How about, you know? And God got me in America, in Charlotte, South, North Carolina. Ah, right? If I run, it's piracy. If the grace of God has given you to remove yourself from the presence of God, which is the purpose of God for people and world and community, that is message is trying to give freedom and liberation and hope and repentance and peace and love of, and mercy. That is in you. And you got to go to that place that you got problems with. It, 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 it is why much later God had the Apostle Paul write this for people just like you and me. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. God, why would you put such a good treasure in jars of clay and not a metal titanium box, right? God knows we are weak and have and get cracks and can easily broke, get broken and lost and scared and insecure by pressure and misplaced because of the broken world we live in with all its dangers and evils and temptations and that we will almost do anything to survive. To not feel crushed or consumed or embarrassed or shamed or destroyed or humiliated or suffer. Who knows? Jonah going to Nineveh, he come back. His friends, oh, sell out. What'd you go to Nineveh for? Look, now they believe in God too. Dog. 
Now we got to bring them into our temple. No, look how you messed up, man. And when and if we break down and try to break away, the story of Jonah shows us that Lord would not lose his precious gift. So as, as he tries to redefine and repackage and redirect what God wants in a sin, Jonah cannot steal or hide or condemn or break away. The original story when we started was about him going to Nineveh. But what happens? Right? Go to Nineveh, that godless place, and teach about God's grace. Right? And, and maybe they'll repent. And he tries to run from that. And what happens? He runs into the same story on the boat. Doesn't he? Isn't the story on the boat simply a mini story within the bigger story? And the same thing happens? So we get an indication that these sailors worship all kind of gods. They are like Assyria, aren't they? Jonah tries to hide. I'm too weak. God can't use me. I can't give this message. And the Bible says this. They go to Jonah and say, who are you? And he explains who his God is and who he is. And he throws, they throw Jonah off the ship. And when they throw Jonah off the ship, the Bible says that the waves ceased. When Jonah was thrown off the ship, immediately... His testimony that he was sent for becomes the message to the sailors. Isn't that amazing? This is what the text is showing us about the sailors. These sailors are like the world we live in and sometimes live without God's direction. Their ship and sailing is symbolic of a world where sin and separation, living your life apart from God will bring disaster as pirates of your life away from God. And just like Nineveh was headed for disaster and destruction, this ship was headed for disaster. And look at what happened. God wakes up Jonah and tells them who he is. He testifies to the story of who God is and says, throw me over. And look what happens in verse 16. Verse 15, so they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Even in his running and attempted theft of God's grace for the Ninevites, this is going to sound scandalous. God's grace is not lost to his disobedience. It is not lost in his theft and hiding and fear. In fact, what was about to happen in Nineveh for the Assyrians happened first on that boat with the rebellious Jonah for the sailors. I know if you like me, you thought this story was a linear story about a bad person going astray, some wayward Christian, and then gets better and then God gets what he wants. But hear this, it is more than that. This story is about how God calls a broken person. Broken person acts stink. And God gives from, that gives from that broken, bad acting person what he wants as a plan to save some sailors on the way anyway. You see, God was sending Jonah to Nineveh as a package deal. His good news. 
in the package of a broken person. The two are not called to be separated. The full thing is the message, isn't it? Because what is the message of grace? That God loves and lives in broken, sinful people. That message would not have been clear or as clear through Jonah if he didn't go through what he went through on that boat. I like what the hymn writer says. God will draw a straight line with a crooked stick. And Nineveh needed to hear and Jonah needed to learn and then preach believing that as part of his message. Let me read this again to you. The apostle Paul wrote, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body of the death, carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who, are, who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh, so death is at work in us. But life in you. The Lord uses our walk and broken and thieving lives to grow grace in us, y'all. So that it can show through the cracks, y'all, in our lives as we're pressed by this broken world in our weaknesses and hardships and doubts and fears. So God is not losing and bringing grace to us. He is using our brokenness to bring grace to us in this world. God uses those who have been pirates of his grace to know and share the precious treasure of his love to the world. Be honest. Where are you? Where are you broken? Where are you and God at odds? The grace of God at work in you will not be lost by it. Whatever it is, whatever sin, whatever struggle, whatever sickness, whatever makes you want to run away and hide and hide from all this talk about the Lord and love, all that has happened is happening to you has not been lost to the grace of God. Not only for the world, but for you. Look at this closing passage part here. The Bible says they pick up Jonah and throw him into the sea. In verse 17, and we'll pick up verse 17 next week. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. I always wondered whether Jonah thought he could still avoid going to Nineveh. <laughs> hey, throw me off. He could, look, you know what I really wonder? I bet that brother would rather die then go to Nineveh. He'd rather be a martyr for his Israeli faith than go to them sinful, evil Assyrians, right? Throw me off. They hurled him into the sea. He, I'm sure he was like, I'm dying. I'm going to heaven. Oh, I'd rather be to heaven than down here. I've, I prayed that. Have you ever prayed that? Lord, can I just go to heaven today? Sometimes I wake up saying that. Oh, No. Jesus didn't come in the middle of the night while I was sleeping. 
dog, right? Like the world didn't explode and I'm in heaven, right? Don't you ever wake, wish you wake up and you're like, hey, heaven, floating around, whatever. No heaven? No. Dad, I can't find my shoe. Right? You know what I realized as I studied this? This is not about God reaching Nineveh, though it is. The title of the book should have been a clue. This is about God reaching Jonah. See, Jonah was already running and hiding from God in his heart before he got the call. The call just revealed he didn't know God's grace like he should have. Being thrown over wasn't judging the end of his ministry in his life. When he hit that water and was swallowed up by that fish, it was the beginning of fresh grace for him. God didn't come to just get his ministry and his stuff through you. He came to get you. You. Jonah's story is a story of salvation and care for broken people. That in this stormy, broken, and misguided world, God sent his son on the boat of our journey to like a pirate of grace take responsibility of our destiny and sin. And God didn't make him walk the plank. God made him walk the plank to be drowned by God's wrath for our waywardness and our fears so that we could be saved. You see, God not only puts his gift and make his gift of grace come to live in you and me, a broken person. Guess what, y'all? You are that gift. You are that precious gift. And he will not lose you. And he will not leave you. We'll pick up what it means for him to swallow us up next week. Lord, thank you. That this precious gift in us is not separated from the precious gift that is us. Lord, daily you call your people into this world and their occupations into marriages that are hard, into kids' situations that are difficult. (sighs) Thank you for not losing us or leaving us. Thank God for our sake, those who have come to hear your good news, that your grace is not lost because we're in such a difficult place and we are such complex and broken people. Lord, as you use us and use others in our lives, as the Apostle Paul wrote, let us see you and let us see your glory. Lord, to rephrase that song, we may not want to be there, but by your grace, we going to be where you are because you going to be where we are. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.